Welcome to the Grow Equation Podcast, a training podcast for service-based business owners who want to hashtag work less, earn more. Your host, Diana Lidstone, has been working with businesses for more than three decades to help them get known as the undeniable authority in their industry, ramp up their profits, and optimize their resources with the end goal that they work less and earn more. So if you're ready to implement simple steps to banish the hustle and to do business differently, then stop. Stop folding laundry or running on your treadmill, grab a pen and paper, and let's dive into today's episode. Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of the Grow Equation Business Podcast, where I share tips, strategies, and guest interviews so you can work less and earn more. If you're a mission-driven six-figure business owner who feels at all overwhelmed or overworked and who wants to have a bigger impact and more clients, then listen up. I don't know if there's a business owner out there who hasn't done some type of networking in an attempt to grow their business, whether it's attending chamber events, whether it's networking events, standing in line in the grocery store, sharing what you do, it's all networking. And I know for myself, especially when I started each of my businesses, I found out that it was all about getting out there, getting visible and telling people about my business. You know, I networked at local business associations where, yes, I eventually became a president. And then local BNIs chapters, you know, those weekly networkings where I, yes, led a chapter. And then there was Toastmasters and more recently joining local volunteer associations such as the Canadian Association of Professional Speakers. It's all networking. And truthfully, when I first started, I went everywhere. Absolutely everywhere. But today I am much more select about my networking because I only go where I have a high probability of reaching my dream client. Now, in all the networking I've done over the years, I have met very few entrepreneurs who have made networking their life mission. Today's guest, Michael Whitehouse, is one of those people and a super connector. Welcome, Michael. Thank you. It's great to be here. So Michael has learned networking, when I read his bio, basically from a need. Mm -hmm. He moved to a new city and had to learn to network. Today, he offers his service as networking concierge, making connections and building strategic alliances around the world. He is the host of the Daily Motivation Podcast and that guy who knows a guy interview podcast. And I see you're in season four. Is that right? Season four, episode 165, I think. Wow, awesome, awesome, yeah. awesome. Thank you, thank you. That's great. So you got into networking because of a need, mm -hmm. right? You had to get out there and get to know some people. And tell us a little bit about that journey and how you really became a super connector. Sure. And one thing I've been developing, because you mentioned I'm doing that networking concierge, I'm actually working on finding ways to teach people. I started as a networking coach. I was like, I'll teach people networking. And then I realized I spent way too much time doing it. And nobody needs to learn what I'm doing. I'm now, once again, building a rubric to teach people how to develop networking. And I'm using the acronym NINJA because, Ooh. you know, when you can use the acronym NINJA, you do. And it's a five-step rubric, five levels, which is networking, introductions, non-competitive partners, joint ventures, and affiliates. So it's kind of five levels of networking. And I mentioned that early because I started at level one, networking. That's where you're talking about going to every event. Yeah. I got to Groton. I didn't know anybody. I needed to build a network. 
And I was out there, ignorance on fire. Now I'm an extrovert to begin with, so it wasn't that hard. But I was going to every chamber event I could go to, every business after hours, business four hours. I'd go to, you know, ribbon cutting, ribbon yep. tying. I'd go to the, show up to the opening of the envelope. And, you know, you just talk to enough people, things start to happen, especially when you go in with the right attitude of I'm here to give, I'm here to serve. And yeah. some of it, in retrospect, was almost driven by imposter syndrome, except when you're actually an imposter, it's not imposter syndrome. It's, you know, I knew I didn't have a lot I was bringing to the table, but I knew I was meeting a lot of people. And so that was value. If I meet yeah. you, I don't even have a business, but I know other people. I can make an introduction for you. Your time is not wasted. So I got out of that habit of making introductions. So that first level is networking. It's where you're just kind of going everywhere and meeting everyone and schmoozing, doing what you can figure out. And then next level is, is introductions. That's where you get a little more formal and you say, okay, every person I meet, I'm going to try to solve a problem for them. I'm going to try to make an introduction for them and try to connect them to someone. And they're probably going to say, wow, that's really nice of you to do this. How can I help you? Exactly. Who can I introduce you to? So that was kind of that next step. And networking is always kind of secondary to whatever else I was doing, because you know if your networking does not pay the bills by itself, you need something to plug it into that makes money. So people say, who can I introduce you to? If there's not an answer to that question that makes you money, you won't make any money networking. So it took me some time, but you know, for a while as a magazine publisher. So I got to make connections to two people who needed to buy magazine ads. And then when the pandemic times came, my networking sphere expanded from little Southeast Connecticut, population 250,000, to English-speaking world, population 2.5 billion. I know. That's, it's amazing, eh? Yeah. Awesome. It's fantastic. And once I did that, I started meeting people for whom networking was worth more. You know, one introduction could be worth $50,000, not just $5,000. And that person's willing to pay to have someone do all this running around for them. So since I was doing it anyway... That's how I built the network concierge business of I'm meeting all these people. I'm going to all these events and I can connect you with the cream of the crop of who I meet that you want to meet. And it's funny. A lot of people ask, well, you know, for that service, how many introductions am I going to get? And I can now confidently say too many because the feedback I get from my clients now is now I'm loving all these people you're sending me. We need some systems in place because I don't have time. They all match the criteria. They're all people I want to meet but I don't have time to meet with them all. So now we're developing systems to shunt them off to their assistant or to programs or to something because I am pretty good at what I do. <laughs> That's great. You know, I have a business coach and she had much the same problem. And one of the things that she did was she would host many, like three or four people. So she did like coffee chats, three or four people. So mm -hmm. instead of doing them one-on-one, -on -one, she did them three or four at a time. And that way she was able to cycle through yeah, I've actually been doing that because I was running into that problem that so many people wanted to meet with me. Right now, if you were to go to my calendar to schedule a one-to-one, -one, I think about three weeks out. Yeah. So I put an open virtual coffee. So every Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern, you can come to the open virtual coffee. Anyone can drop in. So you can schedule a one-on-one -on -one for three and a half weeks from now. Or if you just want to like meet with me 10 minutes, you might meet other people who are there. You can drop in on Friday. And that way, you know, I don't give out that one-to-one -one link except people like, necessarily want to have one-to-one -one with, but anyone can yep. go to my website and grab the link for the open virtual coffee and just pop in and chat I love and it. whatever. But again, came from desperation. It's like, I got clients who want to hire me who can't get on my calendar. Forget about just the networking meetings. I need some pressure valve to send these people into. And so it's worked out pretty well. Good. From Ninja, we've got the networking. So the N, the I, what's the second N? So next is non-competitive partners. That's where you sort of create a structure around the introductions. So the introduction level is kind of one-on-one. -on -one. We talk, I'll introduce you a couple people, you might introduce me a couple people, and then there we go. 
Non-competitive partners is figuring out who it is, who's that regular referral source back and forth. So a realtor and a mortgage broker right. might would be non-competitive partners. That's not always two-way. Realtor and the mortgage broker, the mortgage broker can't refer anyone to the realtor. The realtor can refer to the mortgage broker. So yeah. it's finding other ways to create that value. Or, you know, a LinkedIn lead generation guy and a Facebook ads guy. They both work with the same people. They solve different problems. And together, they might pass business back and forth. It's not terribly formal. It's just, I know you can help with this. You know, I can help with that. Yeah. And then the next two stages after that is where it gets a bit more complex. First is joint ventures. Yeah. This is where you start really getting into things like referral fees, affiliate commissions, that kind of stuff. But again, the one-off way. So I say, oh, you send me someone, tell you what, I'll give you, I don't know, half the first month's fee, or I'll give you a 20% and just you know email me when you send someone over and I'll mark it. So it's doing it kind of hands-on, one-off, not very highly technical, yeah. but you know, it's good for you have two, three, four partners are sending you business, you're sending them business and you want to create an incentive for them. Because especially when you get into the higher ticket, if you got a thousand dollar a month program, kind of want more than, you know, a pack of brownies, yeah. <laughs> or, yeah, uh, a I, nice thank you note. Yeah, you... Starbucks coffee card. Yeah, so it's appropriate. And there's also, if somebody sends me a referral and I'm going to be making a thousand dollars a month, I feel bad not reciprocating. Like, I want to give something back, but it's sort of weird just to be like, hey, thanks. Let me send you some money. Yeah. How much? I don't know. So, you know, you want to set that up. And the final level is affiliates. And that's where you formalize the joint ventures. You know, in the same way, the non-competitive partners are the formalized introductions. Affiliates is where I can say, okay, go to this link and put your email address in there and you'll be set up as an affiliate partner. And now you've got a link. Anytime you want to refer someone, you've got a link to do it with. There's a dashboard. There might be an event, you know, a launch where I can recruit. I'm doing JV management for one of my clients. We've got 70 people who are signed up as affiliate partners. Some might bring in one or two people. Some might bring in thousands but it's systematized. Yeah. I can talk to them all at once. And so the fifth level of the secrets of the ninja is where we're kind of working at a very different level from wandering around a networking event, wondering who you bump into. Exactly. All the way to, we have a exactly. system to plug people into. But yeah. And I think and the great like, thing is at each level, you're doing better. So it's not like, yeah. oh, I'm only level two, nothing's happening. At level one, something's happening. You could bump into someone who's like, oh, what do you do? Oh, I'm interested in that. Yeah. It's just each level you're able to do more and more intentionally. You're able to do more. Yeah. I love that idea. You know, like the non-competitive, I see that at, you know, BNI type networking events mm -hmm. where they create, I don't know, we used to call them power groups or something. Yeah, power spheres, I think. Yeah. Something like that anyway. Yep. And yeah, the lawyer, the real estate, the mortgage broker, yep. what is it? The inspection guy, you mm -hmm. know, they can all benefit from one person who wants yep. to sell a house you know the joint ventures where it's not being highly technical so for instance i send as a business coach and strategist i have people that come to me that need to up level their websites yeah so i have you know my go to web person mm -hmm. and you know we worked out a deal it's not technical at all but there is a reciprocal it's not actually money but you know, she takes care of my website when I need it and vice versa. Yep. And she keeps track of about how much so that we mm -hmm. know, you know, what it is. And then the affiliates that formalized thing is, yeah, kind of the next level. And I think that works really well. Like you said, when people have doing online courses that they're launching mm -hmm. and they want to get affiliates to share for that launch and that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, where I am, because the networking concierge is such a hands-on, I don't want more than 10 clients in that at this point. 
So I don't have an affiliate program for that because you know, I can only take on like five more clients right now. I do have a joint venture relationships with some people who send me people. Yeah. And now as I develop my Ninja Networking course, I will be creating an affiliate for that because that's a group coaching program and I could put 100 or 500 people in there and provide Perfect. value for everyone. So different things yeah. depend on different things, but it depends on what you have. You, know, you need the right monetization platform, the right programs to fit the right system. Exactly. But I also run summits, which those have sort of an affiliate model. There's not a lot of cash flow with them because there's not a lot of, I don't have a lot of like upsells on my summits, but I offer the affiliate bonuses for that is the top of the leaderboard people get promotion. So, you know, the top of the leaderboard, the one who brings you the most opt-ins might be promoted to my entire email list or everyone who signed up for the summit or something like that. You know, it's still a value add, but there could be 20, 30, 40 people that I'm tracking what they're bringing in. And the fun thing is, that when you do something for an event that's a launch or a summit, whatever, you can make it fun. You can make the promotion of the event an event. That's kind of what a leaderboard's all about. When I first heard about leaderboards, some people were like, yeah, I don't like these leaderboards. They make us compete against each other. And then I ran one by accident. I was yeah. running a summit. It was an experiment of the software. I just wanted to test the software. So I needed to run a live summit to do it. Of course. But I invited the speakers. My, the summit was called The Great Experiment. Like, I don't know how it's going to go. It might not even work. It might just be like you guys in a Zoom room together. I can't guarantee anything except we're doing a thing. You guys went in there like, yeah, sure. I said, okay. So I got some swipe copy because I know you're going to ask me for it because you're the kind of people who want to help. So I wrote some swipe copy. If you want to send it out, great. If you don't want to send it out, whatever. Here's an affiliate link if you want to use it. You know, so we can see how you're doing. And one person promoted early before the swipe copy came out. She promoted on LinkedIn, got 10 opt-ins. I'm like, whoa. So I send out an email to all the speakers. Hey guys, check it out. And I had a number next to a name. So I'm like, let's make it a leaderboard. So here's a leaderboard. There's one person on it. She's got 10. And then the next day, three more sent out their swipe copy and they got on the board. And then I'm like, these are kind of fun to write. So, you know, I sent out the next one that had four names with numbers next to them. I'm like, all right, looks like we got ourselves a ball game here. And Susie's in first place with an early start, but Jen's coming up behind her fast. And Susie better watch her back. And there's still anyone's game because 16 of you haven't gotten on the board at all, but I know you're going 20 minute now. And joking around because there's no requirement to promote. But I'm just saying like, hey, things are happening. And then more and more people promoted and more and more numbers came in. And, and never once I said you have to because they didn't have to. But I created that energy and that fun and the like, hey, we're having a little kind of like, you know, playing chess yeah. is fun. Playing yeah. chess in a tournament is a whole different kind of fun. It's like a marketing tournament. And I think it really draws, you know, if you're the type of person that wants to have fun and you're mm -hmm. competitive, you're going to draw in others who are fun and competitive. Yep. So let's talk about networking events. There's mm. some good ones and some <laughs> not so good ones, right? <laughs> yes, it is true. What makes a good one? So what makes the best ones is an event that is optimized for connections with high quality people. First off, it's a matter of attracting the right people. Yep. And then it's a matter of structuring it in such a way. The best events I've been to have all been virtual because they've been global. So people from around the world, you know, where I live, there's not a lot of heavy hitter varsity level networkers, shall we say, in the local area. I mean, great people, yep. but they're not people I need to meet. You know, someone running a quarter million dollar a year construction company that's not a connection I need. I'm working with million, $10 million coaching companies and whatnot. So it's about having the right people and then structuring it in a way that optimizes connections. And there's different ways to do that. But you know, in Zoom, I've generally found it's some kind of breakout. Yep. And then structuring the breakout so that time is most efficiently used. Because you've got a limited amount of time. You're coming out of that breakout with, with a yes or no answer to the question, do I want to talk to this person again? 
That's it. Nothing else matters. And that five minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, you're not going to get anything other than yes or no, I want to meet this person. And possibly if it's really well structured, there's a couple people I want to introduce this person to. Do I want to talk to this person again? Yeah, there's an event JV directory. They have a really clever model, which is it's eight people for 40 minutes. You have five minutes each, one minute of who are you? What do you do? Two minutes of what you're looking for and two minutes for the rest of the group to give you feedback of who they know that might fit or feedback, you know, ask more questions or whatever. And what's great about that is if you go into one of these, like go around the room things like BNI or like I've seen some Zoom networking where they go around the room and you go around the room and you don't hear anything back. Is it because no one's listening? Is it because nobody knows anyone? Is it because you weren't clear and they don't actually know what you're asking for? You don't know. There's no feedback there. If at minute three, you say, okay, so that's what I'm looking for. And people go, ah, uh, uh, they might then ask follow-up questions. Then you'd be like, oh, I guess I wasn't clear or I thought I was clear. You'll get the people, I've literally heard this in an event in the last two months, a chiropractor who said anyone with a spine is my client. And I'm like, oh my, oh, God. my yeah. God. <laughs> That's not even like networking 101. That's like networking 087 which was the code for remedial classes in my college. But he said that in one of these types of groups and somebody said, okay, you can't say that if you ever want to get anyone. No one's going to refer you like, okay, hey, Diana, you have a spine. You should meet this guy. He's looking at people with spines. You'd be like, This brings me to, you know, this brings me to another question I want to ask you, but, Mm -hmm. you know, the clues that people leave when they're speaking. And, you know, I'm doing a masterclass about simplifying your marketing and simplifying Mm -hmm. your business. And one of the things is, you know, in your messaging, who the heck are you talking to? And Mm -hmm. when people say anyone or people, to me, I go ding, ding, ding. They really don't know who they're talking to. And when you don't specify, so if you don't specify, what do you get? Nothing. Nothing, honey. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So, well, yeah. I, I think a lot of people don't realize, too, that for an introduction, I could make an introduction because I think you're the best at what you do, or I could make an introduction because you've been really clear and they fit. So if you were like, I'm looking to meet dark-haired, tattooed bookkeepers, I'd be like, oh, I'm going to choose to Beth Blaney. I don't know why, but you just described her so I can reach out and say, hey, I'm talking to Diana, and she just described you to a T of who she's looking for. I'm not quite sure what she's looking for it for, but I'm going to make that connection for you. And she'd be like, well, she described me. So she must have something for me. So the clearer you can be, the easier it is for me to make an introduction, even not knowing anything about you, because all I know is you're looking for them. Exactly. And the question I was going to ask you is, what do you need or what does a business owner really need to be successful at networking? And I often get people that will say, well, you know, I'm just starting out in my business and I want to be a speaker, for instance. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I'll go, well, you know, to be a speaker, you need not only, you know, good marketing and a good offer, but you need a good signature talk and, you know, you need certain skills, but to be a good networker, there are just some basic few things that you need. And that's why I call it the second fastest path to cash. The first fastest path to cash is working with past clients, Mm -hmm. right? So the second fastest path to cash is networking because you really just need a couple of things. For instance, what would you say would be the first thing that comes to your mind? What do you need to be a good networker? I think it does kind of go back to what you said about the speaking is why do you want to do it? 
So like I enjoy being on a stage in front of people speaking. Yep. So my goal is not necessarily to sell a lot or make a lot of money, although both would be good. I just want to speak in front of a live audience because I enjoy doing it. So I have gotten on a couple of stages without having the one sheet, the signature talk, all that stuff set up because I'm not looking to get paid or sell anything. It's been good. It's got me out there and it serves my purposes. Same thing with networking. You want to be an effective networker for the sake of networking. You need to have a positive attitude and decide your connector and get out there and start making introductions and getting introductions back. You'll be a good networker. Yeah. You won't make any money, but you'll be a good networker. People will like you. You'll be making the world a better place. Yeah. And there's some people who are at that point in their business where their business is flowing. They're making plenty of money. They're at that give back phase. And they're like, I just want to make connections with people. You're ready. Do it. Yeah. But a lot but, of people certainly go out to networking. Well, I hate to say it, but they go out expecting to make a sale. So they're yeah. right away. Yep. But so what I was going to say is the thing you need, assuming that people want to network to make money, not just to network to network, yeah. is first you need a way to make money. So someone's going to ask you the question after you've been helpful and made instructions, like, who can I introduce you to? And if you don't have an answer that makes you money, you will not make money in networking. I like to say, imagine you're going to meet the networking genie. There's somebody there. They're a magical networking genie. They will introduce you to literally anyone you ask for, but you only get one wish. Do you know what you're going to ask the networking genie? I went to a local networking event recently, which I go to local events for fun because I get to you know drink the wine. The food's great. We got to drive go-karts. And you never know who you might meet. I met someone who I think would be a good fit for one of our summits. You know, it's almost one of those like, what are you doing here? I mean, I'm glad you're here because I want to meet you. But what are you doing here? The number of people who said when I asked who you're looking to meet that their answer was, oh, I just want to get out there in the community and see who I connect with. Okay. Well, it used to be that I would network at a lot of women's events. Mm -hmm. And I got tired of hearing, well, I just want to get out of the house. <laughs> I knew I was in the wrong place, right? Yeah. These people, they want to grow their business. They just don't know how. So, so I then went to the president of the chamber and I said, could I do some networking training? Like, you don't have to pay me for it. I just want to be in a better networking environment. And so I want to trade the people I'm networking with. So can I do the trainings for you? Because just basic things, like you can't answer the question, who do you want to meet with? Oh, I just want to meet whoever. Anyone with a spine. Yeah. Yeah, because they don't know what they don't know. They've been told yeah. you should go to a networking event. Okay, cool. I'm here. Now what? Yeah. But they don't know what's going to happen. Some people think business is going to come to them. Some people think you go there and because everyone says you got to go to networking events. You got to go to networking events. But nobody says why or what you do once you're there. And you need to know what you're looking for because there's going to be a bunch of people at any networking event. The best or the worst, there's going to be a bunch of people there who are going to ask you, who would you like to meet? Because that's like a very basic question that you learn yep. when you first start networking. Who can I introduce you to? I teach people, you want to start networking, start by saying, who can I introduce you to? So very entry level. And if you have an answer to that, they could well know the person you want to meet. Now, ideally, you want to figure out who knows your clients. So if you're the chiropractor, you could ask for people with back problems, but exactly. better off to ask for people who know a bunch of people with back problems. So you don't just get one introduction, you get a non-competitive partner. So if you're a chiropractor, who do you want to meet? Well, I want to meet physical therapists, acupuncturists, massage therapists, you know, people like that who also work with the people I work with. Right. So because, that gets to the second N of your ninja, the non-competitive. Yes. Yep. Yeah. And it's an easier introduction for me to make. Of course. I surprise the number of people do tell me about their back pain just because people like to complain about aches and pains. So I have made a lot of referrals to a chiropractor for that. <laughs> but 
I'm not going to go into my mental Rolodex, be like, all right, back pain. Who is currently in pain right now? Exactly. So what do you need or what do business owners need to be successful at marketing? Really, they need a clear message, if you will, whether Mm -hmm. it's that 20 second, 30 second, two minute, whatever. They need to be clear about who they work with, what transformation they offer. But it also has to be said in such a way that other people can remember it. And Mm -hmm. so sometimes we get people and I'm sure you've probably heard this a million times, they're being very cute in their messaging and you go, what do you mean exactly, right? So it's not clear. It's not that fourth grade language. Well, it's also, they share the wrong information. So when people make elevator pitches, which I, no one should use elevator pitches. If you're listening to this and you're like, I got a great elevator pitch. Good, never use it again. (laughs) What people need to hear is who you're looking for, not what you do. Because I don't need what you do, probably. Although in any networking event in person, in the online ones, it's different because it has more timed and focused and whatnot. But in a networking event or a virtual one-to-one, virtual coffee, whatever you call it, you're looking for a problem you can solve. Exactly. That's how you get the most effect. Boom. You're seeking that problem you can solve. Now, you will most likely be able to solve it with an introduction. So for that, they need to know who they're looking for. That makes it easy for you. Most won't make it easy for you, and you have to kind of do some detective work and figure out what they need. But you can also solve it potentially with your services. So if I'm talking to someone, their biggest problem is they know they need to network and can't figure out how. Well, I've got an introduction. It's the guy who knows a guy. (laughs) But I haven't told them anything about what I do yet. You know, what are you trying to do? What are your goals? What's the focus of your business? I'm asking these kinds of questions to, to draw out what is the challenge they have that I can help with. And then at some point they say, you know, well, I'm having trouble networking. And then I'll ask them a question about that. What are you trying to do? Why do you want to do that? Why is that important? Things like that. And then eventually I can ask this most powerful question. Would you like help with that? L, would you like help with that? Six Six words. words. Yes. Yep. Six words that pivot the conversation. And would you like help with that? They say yes. They have now given permission for a shift in the conversation. Now, there's different ways to approach this depending on the environment. You may say, you know, because I have a program that may interest you. For example, with my Ninja Networking program, it's a low-cost $100 a month coaching thing. For that, I might say, I've got a low-cost program. I think it would really help. I'll send you the link if you want to check it out. If it's something, it's a larger program, then what you might want to say, because you don't want people to think you bait and switch them. It was a networking call and then, ha-ha, it's sales call. So what you might say is, because I've got a program... This is a networking call. I want to maintain the integrity of why we're here. Perfect. But I'd love to set up another call to talk about how I might be able to help you with what we have. And that draws that line between networking and sales. And some people do that. Some people don't. You can certainly be in integrity and use the same call to do it. It's all a question of what you're comfortable with and what feels right. But one way or another, you tease out that problem. You say, would you like help with that? They say yes. There's a number in their head. They're ready to pay right that minute. They don't even know what your offer is. You've been talking to them for 20 minutes. I know this because I actually used a sales strategy when I first got into coaching, which was entirely talking about the other person. What are your goals? What's holding you back? What do you need to move forward right now? Would you like help with that? And it was just that in three separate conversations. And I had people sign up for $500 a month coaching programs who didn't have the vaguest idea what I did because in their head, they've already gone through their problem and the journey they want to take. I've said, would you like help with that? They've assumed I'm going to help take on that journey. And they're ready to pay right there. 
because yeah, I didn't say I've been in business this long. I have this experience. I've been this and that, and I know this, and I have this certification, and blah, 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 blah. I won this award. Nobody cares. They care about right. themselves. They don't they want care to hear about themselves for 30 minutes. At the end of which, they'll be like, yes, here's my credit card. Do the thing I just said. You'll be like, cool. Yeah, I think we get hung up too much, or it's easy, shall I say, to get hung up on talking about ourselves mm. as opposed to the other person, as opposed yep. to the other person. I love talking about ourselves. That's why I go on so many podcasts as a guest. I try not to do it in networking events because that's not the place. So I do it here, and so I don't have to do it there. True, true. Okay, Michael, before I ask you my last question, I'm going to do my little public service announcement. In order to make your networking more effective, so you're not wasting your time, as I mentioned, you need to have a clear and memorable positioning statement. Whether it's 30 seconds or two minutes, you'll know if your introduction is hitting the mark when people ask for your business card or book an appointment or make a sale. If that's not happening, then you might want to get some support to tweak this. That's just one of the problems I help business owners solve during a VIP strategy day with me. A VIP strategy day is a whole day where we partner together to dive deep into solving just one or two of your most pressing challenges. Why don't you book a grow strategy session with me at dianalidstone.com schedule. And I promise in this 20-minute session, we'll identify your next best steps to up-level and grow your business and how we might work together to help you achieve your goals. A VIP strategy day is your business grow day in a box. Okay, Michael. That sounds like a thing people should do. Ah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. It's one of the things that I love, love doing, whether it's virtual or here at my home. You know, the pandemic has helped us, shall we say, do all kinds of things that we never thought we would do before. Virtual strategy days are one of them. Mm -hmm. Okay. Any last words about networking? Two key things. One is you can become a connector as soon as you decide to become a connector. But that you must have a monetization path. There must be a way that all those connections can turn into money. And so if you want to be a profitable networker, you need both of those things. A profitable networker. You know, it's amazing. And I look back, especially in my early career when I was networking, I remember meeting people who went from networking to networking to networking. (laughs) And you know, I'd sit down and I'd have a one-to-one with them afterwards. And I said, you know, what are your goals? What, you know, how's it going? You know, is this networking working for you? And they go, no, it's not really working. And I go, well, then stop doing it <laughs> like, or do it differently, right? Michael, I noticed you have on your website five powerful networking tips. So I just wanted to let listeners know that at the guy who knows a guy.com, there are five powerful networking tips. Yep, but, but wait, there's more. Oh, there's more. If they go to guy who knows a guy.com and sign up for the five powerful networking tips, I now added some text that says you'll get an extra bonus, which is the audio book of the guy who knows a guy. Oh, which cool. it does not say that on the website because I don't want people who just go to the website to go there. I want them to, you know, buy the book. But your listeners now know that if they get the five powerful networking tips, they will also get the ebook and the audiobook of the guy who knows a guy. I love it. I love it. In the show notes, of course, we're going to have all your contact information. But mm-hmm. the last question, the question I ask all my guests is how do you embrace or embody 
when I call hashtag work less, earn more? Well, I have found that the more I avoid things I don't like doing, the more money I make and the better my business goes. I'd um, love for is, you to explain that. Yeah, which is definitely contrary. You know, I, I've been taught that whole, you know, your success exists outside your comfort zone, or you can't be successful without being uncomfortable, which interestingly enough were told to me by people I was selling on behalf of. So they were very comfortable with me being uncomfortable, making cold calls and hard closing and whatnot, because they got paid. Now that I'm an entrepreneur, I realize if there's something I don't like doing, finding ways not to do it is the path to profitability. So I don't like closing, right? Yeah. I don't like being in the sales process presentation into a close. It just feels too adversarial. So I built my business in such a way that I don't close. I explain, I offer, I present, but there's no close. I haven't overcome an objection in nine months because the way my business is, I never want people to say, but you promised. I'm like, no. I said, I'm going to make instructions for you. You're going to pay me for them. That's all it is. That's, that's all I promised. You when go. you start overcoming objections, you start making promises and implications. I'm not comfortable that I don't do it. You know, I'm not comfortable cold calling. So I learned how to network because you know, those are the choices. And so I've since realized I don't necessarily have to do these things I don't like. And some of them, I'm not quite to the stage of hiring help yet, but I'm getting close there. Some of them, I'll be at the point where I can bring in virtual assistants or bring in strategic partners or people yeah. I joint venture with to do things I don't like doing. So the more I can not do the things I don't like doing, the more I can get comfortably into my comfort zone of just meeting lots of people, making introductions, doing some schmoozing, helping some people out, the better my business is gone. The interesting thing is when we get rid of, I call it shit, we get rid of shit, we get rid of stuff. <laughs> Yep. And you know, you've done this. You've become the master at networking. You've really focused in on solving that one problem. And I think this mm -hmm. is so key that people really sometimes as entrepreneurs, we tend to overcomplicate our businesses. And I love that you just avoid what you don't like doing. You've learned to zero in. So now that you've become an expert at it. And people know the guy who knows the guy, he's the super connector. He's the expert at networking. So good for you. Good for you. Oh, yeah. I love that. Thank you so much, Michael, for sharing your insights. I can't wait to write up these and put them in the show notes, but you can grow your business using networking. As I said, for more information about Michael, his services, and his podcast, be sure to read them in the show notes. And listeners, until next week, remember, you can do this. Thanks for listening. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Grow Equation Business Training Podcast, where it's all about hashtag work less, earn more. Before you go, please take a moment to leave us a review. If you enjoyed this and want more of Diana, you're invited to join her private Facebook community for live trainings, articles, and Q&A. Head over to facebook.com slash groups slash think like a CEO with Diana. Until next time, thanks for listening.